You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. And finally, our third sponsor is 988. The Oklahoma 988 Mental Health Lifeline, 988 is a direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with trained behavioral health professionals that can get all Oklahomans the help that they need. Learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com. That's 988oklahoma.com. And now, let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Matra Jones, who is the president of Oklahoma City Community College. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thrilled to be here. Um, I mean, we're thrilled to be here as well. You've invited us down to uh, to your home, I guess, the place where you dominate, the place you do your work and make an impact and, <laughs> it's my and second have a difference. Home, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was Obviously, we've been chatting just before we started recording. You're having a pretty hectic day, but all in the right good things, right? You know, it's, yes. it's never bad. It's for just, sure. It's just busy um but i think the aim of you know the aim of the game today is to kind of just share your story and people can go through the bio which i'll link in the description below and kind of hear a little bit about you and the awards that you've won um and the things that you've done but you know there's so many things in the details and the intricacies of sure. why you do what you do uh, that i really want to dive into today so okay uh, for people who don't know who you are um well, you've got plenty of time. Tell us a little bit about you, how you grew up, and, and, and why, why you know, are you now in this position? You know, this position for me is full circle. It's a full circle moment. Uh, I never saw myself at the helm of, a, of an institution of higher education, certainly not Oklahoma's fourth largest, um, serving over 17,000 students, but... When I tell you it is truly an honor and, and, and really amazing to, to be in this seat, it is. It has been quite the journey. I grew up um, in Ardmore uh, from very humble beginnings, and it's something that I am very proud of. As a child, you don't understand the different challenges you face or why uh, certain things are as they are, or that, um, you know, you're household looks different your experiences are different from from that of your friends but you quickly uh, understand that I I want I want things to be different for my life I, I there were a lot of deficiencies and my, my parents were very young and um, did the very best they could but essentially my grandmother stepped in and filled in the gap and raised my siblings and I and she did a tremendous job uh, she was someone who really sacrificed a great deal to ensure that we had opportunities and that because we had uh, a tumultuous upbringing, if you will, or just 
uh, circumstances that we didn't let that get the best of us and that we maintained this sense of optimism and really understood that whatever we wanted to accomplish in life, we could. And so I remember her always being of service to the community, always giving of herself and teaching us to really walk in a spirit of humility, but also gratitude, but also uh, exceptionalism and excellence, always aiming to be the very best and not letting any of our circumstances hinder us. And so for me, when I, when I look at really my life's journey and my path, it was shaped by those early experiences of having the rocky home life, of having um, so many challenges and barriers, barriers to overcome. But I say I, I, it's something that I'm proud of because you know, for, the, for a great deal of my life, it was very embarrassing when people would ask questions about, oh, tell me about yourself. And, you know, people, they, people don't know. They just assume, like, these are questions to ask. And when you come from um, the, the different things that I've had to experience, it's not always easy to talk about. So oftentimes I just found myself not really wanting to answer those questions. And I think that it was whenever I became a parent that I had greater insight and understanding uh, it was whenever I uh, was blessed to serve in various capacities in which I have been for the different organizations I've served and interface with people from all walks of life where I started to say, you know, there are a lot of commonalities in my story and <laughs> there's really no reason to be embarrassed or ashamed of all of these different things that I had to experience. In fact, today I can sit in this seat and I count it all joy. I was raised to uh, certainly, my, my faith has always played a huge role in my life. So certainly respected my faith and always put my faith first. It, it's so important, but also to be of service and to have morals and values and be kind and treat people with respect. A lot of great Oklahoma values is what I consider. But my grandmother, she was very no nonsense. You know, she demanded the very best of us. And I just appreciate her. I'm blessed to still have her with me. My parents are deceased, but I, I have my grandmother and I have really a support system. You know, I always also credit my husband, uh, who, who we've been friends for 26 years, uh, together for 19 and married for 17 years. And I, I credit him with, with, being on this journey with me. And so we have three amazing children that we really are building a legacy for, are creating opportunities for such that their experiences and their childhood looks completely different than mine. And so my path, uh, I was involved in a lot of community organizations growing up. I excelled academically. I loved school. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm having to, you know, uh, kind of, I, I love learning. And so um, that's something that I, that I really pride myself in is just my studies and being able to experience new things and, and challenges and, and things of that nature. But um, excelled in school, Ardmore City, Schools, uh, proud product of, um, graduated from Armour High School, but was very involved. So student council, honor society, uh, did POM, 
uh, cheer, did drill team. I did all of those things. And um, math club, Latin club, you name it, I was somewhere involved in it. And then, of course, I worked part-time. So that was uh, very neat uh, to be able to have a part-time job and, you know, on the weekends or in the summers uh, when I wasn't immersed in, in different programs 4-H. I did so much uh, community service. And, and so to say that where I am is, 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 I mean, it's not a surprise, but uh, again, I'm just certainly, again, it's full circle. After I graduated from Ardmore High School, I went to the University of Oklahoma under uh, President David Bourne's leadership. I was a student ambassador, and you talk about an incredible experience. I absolutely loved my time at the University of Oklahoma. The, the faculty and staff and different members of staff really poured into me and continued to foster my potential. And so I was really involved in student organizations there as well worked um, as well, you know, held a job and, and whatnot, and did the same um, as pertains to uh, just making sure that my studies and things were taken care of. So had an amazing time at the University of Oklahoma, grew so much, learned, um, and it's interesting to be able to be able to interact with a lot of some of the classmates that I uh, went to school with at the time, but graduated and then two days later moved to California. Two days after I graduated, I was I was out of here. I was off to see the world, and so I um, moved to California and and took a job there and became a marketing director. And that's what propelled me to go back to school to pick up an MBA while I was out there. And so was able to really thrive and grow and learn there. And again, very much connected to the community. Um, was on a board. Of, was on a chamber board there did all sorts of community service projects with the organization that I that I served at the time. And so then um, got engaged, got married, and then my husband and I, Bernard, moved to um, Ohio where he um, practiced at a law firm and then he was recruited by McAfee Taft and that's what brought us back to Oklahoma. And then of course I started my journey through the education and nonprofit sectors um, here in this in, in our great state, and so it was nice to to be back in our state when we moved back. And of course, we didn't have a family, didn't have children or anything at the time. But my husband worked for McAfee, and then I spent my time at the Kip School, which is something that I'm so proud of the work that was able to accomplish there. And then went to work for the Foundation for Oklahoma City Public Schools. So went from serving a single school to an entire district. Uh, then I think it was over 40,000 students being able to secure resources and, and do all those things. And of course, continue to be involved in the community on various boards, state boards, local boards, now national boards. Um, and, and so just continued my path, went from there to uh, what, what which is used to be Prevent Blindness. That was a really neat opportunity to get to serve them and serve um, students across the state in all 77 counties. And then went to work for Whitefields, which talk about changing lives and impacting lives. That was, that's something that I, I think every experience I hold very near and dear to my heart because I believe at each step and level, I've been able to serve um, in greater capacities and really give of myself. And that's been very meaningful for me. 
And so spent time at Whitefields and loved the team there and, and the board and the founders and everything. And then, of course, had an opportunity to go and serve at Langston. And there um, was vice president for advancement and executive director of their foundation, as well as eventually assuming leadership of their Oklahoma City campus. And so served, you know, at the high at the at an institution of higher education and really fell in love with higher ed from the standpoint of that's really the entry point where it, it gets serious for people and, you know, they get to decide what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. So I feel that my entire journey and path has been being able to see myself at every stage, being able to serve students, I mean, children, youth, teens, young adults, uh, even adults and, and who, you know, more seasoned adults, adults really from, from all age ranges, I've been able to do that. And that's been meaningful and special and exciting at every stage. And then now here at, at OCCC, it's, it's full circle because at every stage that I've been through in my life and the different things that I've had to experience, I now serve, continue to serve uh, students whose backgrounds and experiences very much mirror mine. And it makes the work even more meaningful because I understand all too well the realities that people face who are going through things, who are having to overcome challenges and barriers and really from all walks of life. And it's why I've taken the work that I do so seriously, because I know what it's like to be in certain spaces and places and in moments in life where you question so much or you need some encouragement or things are tough and you really have to persevere through. So it makes the work that I do meaningful because now I get to be in a position where I get to help play a, a small role in people's lives and securing resources and removing barriers and ensuring that anything that any of our students want to accomplish, they can, that they have the resources to do and they have people behind them an entire campus community saying you can and you will and we're going to see to it and that's special for me it is special it i always say the things that i went through were not in vain and i count it all joy because i see that it was a purpose really in everything there's purpose in our pain there there you know there's power in the words of our testimony and the things that we've gone through can certainly inspire others and so it took me a while to find my voice. It took me a while to make sure that, um, you know, the, the, the things that I went through uh, at some point, I will be comfortable sharing those. But I'm here and I certainly don't mind sharing because, again, the goal is to not uh, is, is to hopefully inspire others along the way. I mean, we can end there, really. <laughs> I'm joking. There's so much to unpack uh, of just that, that the, the statement you just made. Um, first thing is what, you know, growing up, you know, with your grandmother raising you, and obviously she was, she was your first mentor. She, yes. Like, what, what is she telling you when you're a kid? Like, what is she, you know, tell, t I know you said she yeah. was tough, right? Yeah, but what is no, she telling you I, as a, I, as no, a little girl? She, she, there were 
there were lots of tears. There were lots of sad times. And she was always the constant. She was always the person saying, it's okay. You're, you're going to be okay. There were, there were things that I had to do and take care of and responsibilities I had that children probably shouldn't have to. But she was always that constant saying, you know, power through. Um, I'm here for you. You know, just that, 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 that voice of reason, that voice of hope, of inspiration, of saying, you can do it. You're going to be okay. And she was that. She's been that for our entire family. I mean, she's our matriarch. So she, and she's been through a lot, but, you know, work hard, be diligent, uh, work smarter, give it your, your, your very best dream big. The sky's the limit. God is with you. Uh, you know, you can do all things through Christ. I mean, when I, I could go on and on about the various things that were constant in her household, but guess what? I'm here today and worked, I survived. Worked out, it worked out pretty well, didn't it? Yeah. It worked out and I survived. There are a lot of people that probably go through half of what we went through and a fraction that their lives look very different, you know? And so I don't take for granted um, the things that I did go through. They helped shape my life's work. Yeah. You mentioned uh, just love of learning. You're continue. You learn yes. all the time. Um, like why? Because so many people grow up in you know in 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 the situation you you grew up in or something similar. They hate school, right? <laughs> like it's the last thing they want to do. Yes. Was school like a way out? Was education just? I mean, was it a safe place? Like, why do you just love learning so much? I've always been day? inquisitive. I've always been an inquisitive person. Mm -hmm. You know, here's what's funny, and, and I can't even believe I'm admitting this. I used to play school um, as a as a child, and so my friends would come over, and we would line up my Barbie dolls, and everybody. They were all so. Here's the funny thing. I was the principal and my friends were the teachers and the dolls were our students. So I was an administrator then and I, I laughed and I, my grandmother and I were joking. She said, yes, you used to boss your friends around. And I said, grandma, how did I even have friends? <laughs> because I was so bossy, but I was bossy back then. But you know, I guess it was a part of who I am. I've always loved to learn. I've just always been very inquisitive. I like to expand my horizons. I like to experience different things and, and get different vantage points and lend, look, at, look at things through and hear other people's perspectives. I think that's so important. I think uh, we live in a world where, you know, you have people that just only want to advance what they want to talk about or their agendas or what it is they care about. And, and, and there's so many different people and different cultures. And, you know, you, you, we, I've always learned and loved to embrace differences and to explore and to want to know more. I just think that it, it, it strengthens who you are as a person and being able to, to talk to and, 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 and manage and not only, but, but relate to people and just hear from them. And so I, I've just always been an, an avid learner. I, it's just always been a love of mine, a passion of mine. I mean, you mentioned being on the POM team, doing drill team, FFA, <laughs> like there's, and, and obviously a load of others as well. I'm sure we could break a list out and there's I mean, a hundred different things you did in high school. Did you just see that as like tools to your belt that you were like, this is, this is going to do me benefit getting to learn as much as possible. Like, cause no one really does that. Right. You know, like <laughs> I'm an athlete. I played golf like, oh, and that was funny. it, you know, like, and I, I, 
I did the bare minimum to get through class because <laughs> I got through my English class because my, my auntie was an English teacher. Like, you know, yes, there are certain people who do that a lot, but it seems like you are, you know, to the extreme of that where you're like, I have time to do everything. I'm going to do everything. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's inherent in who I am. Yeah. I do think that I certainly was able to... I don't think it, you never, when people say, was it an escape? You will, no, because you never escape anything you've gone through. The traumas, they remain with you. You, you learn to, to, um, you know, to cope or to manage and navigate and move forward through life. But it, it, it wasn't an escape. It was very much saying, I want to expand my horizons. I want to continue to give and serve. And I want to learn and grow. Because I want different for my life and I want different for, you know, my children. If I have, I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about kids back then, but um, it, it's, 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 it's hard to describe. It's just, it's been who I am. It's been what I would love to do just to be involved in 4-H developed me as a leader you know i i would do the different competitions and go to roundup and go to all the fun things student council developed me as a leader um, all those different things they just really developed and, and added to, to to who i am but again helped build that capacity to serve and to be able to share and so you know in, in fairness the leadership i had in the church that was driven by my grandmother <laughs> i didn't have a choice in that so my siblings and I, you know, we went to church every week, all throughout the week. And so that wasn't something that, you know, I mean, that, that, that was something that very much she encouraged. And, of, and of course, um, you know, we grew in our faith. But so there were some things that grandma really pushed us into and others that, you know, we elected to do ourselves. But no, I've always been someone who, who loves to just uh, learn and yeah. grow. While, while you're going through this, then in high school, you know, you're learning all these things. You're, you're just really enjoying it. Um, what was the dream? Like, what, what is the, what, what do you think? You, I know you mentioned you played with, you know, you're Bobby Dawson, you're the administrator, but was the dream <laughs> then to be a teacher? Because you went to OU to be Jur a journalist. Journalist. Right? Okay. I, I, I thought I would be a reporter. Loved. So in high school and in college, I, I did some professional modeling and that was so much fun uh, to get to do um, work commercials and, 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 and advertisements and things like that. So that was something that I kind of navigated toward that I really enjoyed. And then, um, of course, I studied at, at the University of Oklahoma. My, I was in the, 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 the Gaylord, you know, um, School of Journalism. My sequence was broadcasting electronic media. So I did think that I would, I mean, I was trained to be a journalist. I was trained, exceptionally trained to, you know, I thought I would be um, a reporter and then move into, you know, possibly an anchor. That was the dream then. It's just, I had a very different path and, you know, and, and a very different trajectory and um, one that's most fulfilling, but I didn't end up, you know, on that side of things. Now, are all the skills that I learned, you know, were they, uh, or have I put them to use? 100% I put them to use. But yes, I, the, the goal then, um, and what I thought I was going to, to, to go into was television, you know, some sort of 
um, go and work for for a news station or something like that. That was the, that was a dream. Yeah. That was a dream then. Do you meet Bernard there, or do you meet Bernard when you go to California? So Bernard and I met in 1996 at the Oklahoma Association of Student Councils okay. at their leadership conference. It was fall of 96, and he was at Bishop McGinnis, and of course I was in Ardmore. We were both officers at our respective schools, and we met there and just became friends and, and were, remained friends for years. And then whenever I was in California and he was finishing up his final year in law school, we started dating and the rest is history from there. Gotcha. So at this point then, when, when you when you graduate OU and you think, I'm going to California, are you still following the, I'm going to be a journalist, I'm going to California? Yeah. Okay. Well, and I was going to shop my, my, my book around. I was going out there to to model and yeah. to shop this book around different agencies. And so, you know, I kind of, I, I was going out there to... To, to go and pursue my dream. <laughs> how, how was that experience? I mean, just moving halfway around, you know, the oh, States so to much California. Fun. It was fun. I, yeah. I grew so much and learned um, while, while during my time there. It was amazing. The people I met, the experiences I had. I mean, I had a, 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 a the, the group that I worked for. I mean, I was a marketing director. I think I was 22. I was trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of learning to do, but... I applaud and thank my then CEO for giving me an opportunity, you know. So I, I went to go work for this group, and I was being promoted like every six months. I, and they said, we, we want to find something for you. We don't want you to leave. You know, you're incredibly talented. And it was kind, but of course, I was kind of thinking, you know, I'm not here for that. <laughs> I'm here to go and model and do other things. And so... <laughs> You know, oh, to be 22 again, you know, I just, I just, you know, figured that um, I was going to work a little and do the other things that I wanted to do and, you know, pursue those things. But I just kept advancing. And so, of course, learning, continue to learn. And um, the the doors of opportunity just continue to open. Yeah. So. Yeah. On the business side. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> because I had to be, I was all in, you know, right. I was dedicated. Well, and, and when that stuff's happening, it's like the world telling you, look, I know you want to do this, but you're really good at something else. So, and they, we're just going to keep opening doors on the other side That's of the exactly other room. Right. So, like, you're over here trying to break this door down. You're like, actually, the door's yes. like behind me. I should probably check that out. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, so Bernard graduates, the end of law school, gets the job to go to Ohio, and you guys are dating at this time. And you think, you know what? Ohio is just more glamorous than California. I'll go. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bernard had already taken the federal bar in the Ohio bar yeah. and he said uh, it's looking like Ohio because I'm not sitting for another bar in California <laughs> so I was like well I suppose we could make Ohio work <laughs> we, could, we could try this out and so yeah we um, but our stint there wasn't very long and it was we had a great time in Ohio with the people and stuff but it was it was so great mm-hmm be able to move back it sounds like um obviously you know you move back and that's great and and he gets recruited to come work for McAfee and staff but it sounds like you know you guys hit it off because you're 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 very similar you're you have aligned your values are aligned you know you meet in a leadership position as kids basically that's it like that's it you know I've never met him but he sounds like the male (laughs) version of you basically is what I'm trying to say so yeah no no you're right we we were very much aligned kind of in our thought process and Mm vision and goals and whatnot I mean um so yeah we've when we moved back it was really at the point where there were a lot of things happening in Oklahoma City and it was it was an exciting time it still is very much so but 
It was interesting because when I moved back, one of the first things I noticed, I said, wait a minute, Mick Cornett is our mayor. He was one of my college professors. You know, he taught me writing for broadcast. And I was thinking, wait a minute. So it was kind of neat to move back. And but no, a very exciting time. And, And again, you know, I'm very much to believe. I mean, everything happens like it's supposed to. So we. I'm happy that we moved back and, and that we uh, were, have been able to contribute so much to the community and to our yeah. great state. So when you come back then, is that when you kind of think, I need to dive into the community and the education just happens? Like, how, you know, how do, we, how do we transition into you going from, you know, wanting to be a model and, and journalism in Hollywood to coming back to Oklahoma and, and you know, ending up in a position you're at now, which is well, I've, I kind a bit of, of a difference. Yeah. So the, the nonprofit side of things and working for the KIPP school, that was totally by happenstance. We, we had a, um, one of Bernard's former teachers share about this opportunity. And so I went and, and met with, um, Tracy McDaniel, who, uh, did tremendous things for, you know, he founded, helped found, uh, the school he and, and, um, Amy Young, they helped found uh, the school, and so I met with them and took a tour and saw these beautiful children with their little bright, smiling faces. And you know, at the time, I went to work for them as as a director of marketing and development, and so they needed someone to really help bring in resources. And that's what started my 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 entry, if you will, into education. And so. From that moment, things became very real. And what I mean by that is I'm now dealing with children from underserved communities who have gone through so much, who simply we're trying to prepare them to go and be able to enter the state's top uh, or the nation's top boarding schools, state's top private and college prep high schools were really preparing these students and it, and it takes longer because they would at that time come to the KIPP school two, three grade levels, sometimes four and five grade levels below. And so it was really a lot to try to catch them up and, and invest in them. So for me, I really had to go out and find resources and, and secure resources from, you know, businesses and individuals and foundations and community members and just all of those things really connect them to the the institute or to the organization's mission. But whenever I would hear the children's stories and visit with the parents, meet with the parents, it really changed my perspective on a lot of things. When I got to work with uh, parents who just want the best for their children, you know, and, and children who just they're 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 on on their journey. And so I, when you see the parallels and you can relate, you talk about meaningful work. It made the work even more meaningful because I'm thinking to myself, oh wait a minute, I see a lot of what I went through and the challenges I faced when I had to go through and reading this, the students' essays and going through and helping them with writing courses and classes and preparing them for interviews. When I'm reading their stories and I'm just thinking, wow, this is similar to something I experienced. And so then being able to invest in those children by not only connecting resources, by spending time with them, that was so meaningful to me. And again, made all the experiences 
and sacrifices and whatever it is I've, that I went through worth it. So then to me, it just continued. The, 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 the path just really continued the path forward by going to serve and being of greater and serving in a greater capacity. Because it's just, if you look at the different organizations I've served, it just, they just kept getting larger or children with, with more challenges or even more things that they're having to deal with. So that's, it just kept in my mind, just building one building block upon another. Yeah, like you said, full circle, you become the mentor, right? Like at this point, yeah. and, and it's kind of like you, at this point, it's like you found your calling. That's it's, it. Right? You, mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. That's exactly right. This lights me up. That's exactly right. I can right. make no more money and do nothing for the rest of my life other than this. That's exactly right. And that's just, you know, you just, you then, then you look back and everything that you've done. You right? know, when you're walking in your purpose and things just start to kind of happen yeah. and fall into place, that's exactly what it was for me. It was, I felt like I was finally walking in my purpose and the work was difficult and, and challenging and time consuming, time consuming. I mean, it consumed pretty much every waking moment, but you have the energy to keep going and the, the perseverance to keep going because you know that it's worthwhile and I always say when you're doing something that you're passionate about, it's not necessarily seen as work, you see that as this is something I love to do. And so because I love doing this, I'm going to keep giving it my very best and giving it my all and showing up every single day, giving 200% because the end result is worth it. That end result being if I can help someone on their way and on their journey, it was worth it. And it was just one person. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge impact. Yeah. Right? Because I'm sure you've had that moment, and it probably happens a lot now, where a former student might come up to you, right? Or someone you, you met during that time, be like, thank you for doing what you... Uh, you know, just little moments like that where you're like, oh, okay, it, I am doing the right thing here. Mm-hmm. And it's reinforced by somebody uh, that they don't have to come up to you. You know, they're living their life, but they take sure. the time out to tell you, thank you, because what you did opened my eyes. You know, like what you know what your grandmother did for you right just said you know this is gonna be easy but you can do it that's it there's so many different ways of saying it but those full circle moments keep the i've had a i've had a student or two actually a few that i've seen over the years that have you know shared um not in great detail or or to a full extent of you know being able to sit down for hours and hours but in passing or someone say wow you know i'm really inspired i think um, from the from the the roles that I've served and even being in this role, when what was something that's very meaningful is when someone says to me, "Because you did it, I now believe I can." Yeah. That alone is like that's tremendous for someone to just say, "You did it." I think I can, mm-hmm. or I'm going to keep going. And one of the really neat things prior to me even coming to assume this position here, I spoke to our students connecting for uh, connecting with mentors for success program. It's our SCMS program, probably about four years ago, three years ago, maybe. And one of the young, a couple of the young ladies remembered me talking to them. And during my first week as president, I went to visit that same program. And one of the young ladies said to me, and I'll never forget it, ever. She said, 
President Jones, I listened to your story. And I went through a lot of the same things. I think her grandmother raised her. And she, she said, I went through a lot of the same things. She said, um, I listened to you then and I was inspired. She said, but to have you back now as, as, as my president, she said, it's, it's, it's a God thing. She said, um, you, you're here for a reason. And people like me look up to you because I can aspire to do what you did. And I think to myself, if you push through and you did it, I certainly can do the same thing. I will never forget that moment in the classroom when a student says to me. And then I had another student come up and say, I remember you speaking to me a couple of years ago because I came a few times. I remember you speaking to, to, to me a few years ago and um, the words you said really touched me and they were just, in, they, it, it gave me hope. And that's, that's the point of it all. Certainly it is for me. Yeah. The other thing that... I mean, thing I was thinking about while doing, I watched some of your previous interviews and doing a little bit of research is, and, and this isn't just in your case, this is in cases of people who are successful, people who have gone through something pretty bad growing up or have come from humble beginnings, know the value of hard work, right? How do you replicate that now for your kids and for the, for the 17,000 students you have here, right? Because you never want them to go through what you've been through. No way. But the attributes and the skills and the talents and the good things that come from that, like your tenacity and everything and the willingness to push through, that's the great stuff that comes out of your situation. It is. How do we replicate that now for kids now? Because that's like, you know, we, we want to call our kids, right? We don't want to just yeah. kind of lock them up and say, you know, like you can do 100 push-ups before you eat dinner or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it, but it's, how do we do that? I don't know that you, I don't think you can replicate it. So that... The, the things that I went through, um, I wouldn't wish on anyone. I just wouldn't. Well, I counted all joy. I counted all joy because I survived and I came out on the other side of it. And I can see the, the, the role that it played and the importance. I think what you do and what we certainly try to do as people in, in the seat that I sit in is we try to do our very best to share about what we went through, but also how the values and morals that I hold so dear and the attributes that have made me successful, how those things can make them successful as well. I also believe that exposing our students to different experiences, for me, a lot of the exposure that I received and that um, the, the environments that I was placed in and the experiences that I, that I went through, um, it helped me grow and it helped me thrive. And so what you do is you expose your students and you create opportunities for them that maybe they haven't experienced before and you share and you teach them and, and you, you hope that something resonates you know, from those things, but you have to do it continuously. Um, and you bring in people from, from, so I have a, a president's leadership class. And so I've brought in people, speakers to share about their experiences. I've brought in leaders so they can talk about, because you're right. 
the the traits and things that you just named, those are very much essential to being a successful person. But everybody's path is different and everybody's experience is different and their backgrounds and what they've gone through is different. And so you hope people don't have to go through the type of things that I went through to have those or to embody those. And, And it's my belief that they don't. But what you have to do is provide that high quality education, provide those hands-on experiences, provide that exposure to leaders and, and, and their stories, you know, provide various mechanisms to help instill those, those values in them. Yeah. I mean, it's fun having that leadership class as well, right? Oh, that, my. You know, as it a, is as a, a blast. Yeah, you get to actually teach, though, right? Like, that's the fun part, too. It is a blast. And to, to, so the students now, they've gone through and they're doing their presentations. And so we've had speakers come, and we're going to culminate the, the semester, the eight-week course, with um, a reception for the speakers. And the speakers get to come back and, you know, visit with the students. And so it was really neat just bringing in different people and the students ask them questions. Because here's the other thing. It's connecting our students with those leaders and giving them access to those leaders, wherein some people won't have access to those types of people or they're too intimidated or afraid to approach them. So it's been really neat to be able to connect the students to some trendsetters and trailblazers in our community, you know, that have done so much, not only locally, but nationally, internationally. And to, to, you know, be that conduit wherein those students can go straight to that person and say, this is what I'm interested in or, or, you know, what I'm, what I want to do is precisely what you're doing. How can I get there? Help me, you know, talk about a pathway that I can, you know, make this happen in my life. That's been so rewarding. Yeah. One of the other things is, you know, by being successful, you get asked to be on a lot of boards. Uh, and, and my point in this is that you are on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame board. Now, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame are a massive part of this podcast and have been for the last three and a half years. I wouldn't be doing it without them. Let's just say that. Um, so one of the questions coming from their side of things is why the Oklahoma Hall of Fame board when you have a million other opportunities and a lot of other boards to be on? Why did you apply for and be on that one? The Oklahoma Hall of Fame board, it's preserving history, preserving legacies, telling our story and the stories of remarkable Oklahomans and all they've done and persevered. Like my story in my mind is not unique. There are, there, there are countless people that have come before me that will follow me that have these stories of these powerful stories of how they prevailed, how they overcame whatever circumstances life presented them to go on and to be an example to others, to serve, to give back, to make other people's lives better, to be innovative, to, to bring things to people you know, across the world. There, there are so many stories, but this board is important to me and especially meaningful because it's important that we capture those stories and that we tell the stories and, and so that people know the significance of how people make it, that they make it through, that they are successful in spite of all, that people are inspired and have hope because of those stories. You never know who you can touch. You never know who um, will 
be on the the verge of just saying, oh my goodness, I give up. And, 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 but for hearing your story or someone else's story, they say, you know what, I'm going to be okay. You know, I just have to keep pushing uh, myself. So this, this board does that and they do it in such a phenomenal manner, um, to where people can choose how they engage Mm -hmm. with the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They can go and visit and and see the different exhibits. They can go online. They can invite staff members into the classroom. There's so many different ways to learn and hear and hear from Oklahomans. How special is it to hear about all the Oklahomans? I love this state. This state is everything to me. Uh, My work is everything to me, but I'm not the first or the last. And so the, the Hall of Fame beautifully preserves those stories. I want uh, not only the, the work that I've done, but that others to, to live on. And the Hall of Fame ensures that that happens. Yeah. Do you ever think or do you ever have a goal to be in it one day? I don't set out to say I aspire to, to, for this accolade or for this award. That's not... Um, those I'm, I'm very grateful for the things that I've been awarded and for the organizations that have found me worthy and the work that I do worthy but I certainly don't um, set out to say I want this award or I want this accolade I do this work because it's my heart it, it's, it's what's in my soul and my spirit to do it's my calling it's my purpose in life. So it would be an amazing honor, but I certainly um, in looking at the different awards that I have, I just, it's, it's a blessing. And it's something that the awards I hold very dear because people and organizations took the time to say, we recognize you and the work that you're doing and that's special. And you know, I, I, I'm so appreciative, but it would be an amazing honor one day, but, you know, just going to keep doing the work I do. I get the feeling you're not done yet, so <laughs> go on way to go. But, I mean, to the, to, to the point of those awards, I'm just going to name a few that you've had recently. Uh, 2018, Perry Publishing and Broadcasting named you, named... Uh, woman of the Year, and then you had another Woman of the Year from the Journal Record. You've also had Mother of the Year. Those last two, right? I mean, Mother of the Years, for being a that's got to be pretty special. It was very special. Right? I didn't even... Because being a mother's not easy You know everybody. what's neat, though? And what I what is most meaningful about the, the, the accolades and the awards that I have received is because I didn't see them coming. Sure. And I'll never forget the call that I got from American Mothers um, with the Oklahoma Mother of the Year. That was really special. And it was on my late father's birthday. So it's one of those winks from heaven. And when I got the call, I said, oh, I wonder who the, you know, I'll call back. And I listened to the message and I was like, oh my gosh, she's like, I have some good news. You really need to call me back. And I thought, it's like, I called you a couple days ago. And I was like, I know, I know you called. And so I called her back and I was like, I know I'm so sorry I missed your call, but going, going, going. And you know, I, I so I, I, by the time I just paused and stopped, and she shared that news. It was on my late father's birthday. And it was special. It was kind of one of those things to just say, keep going. This is, this is you know, special. But I take so much pride in being a mother. 
and being a parent and getting to shape the three children that God blessed me with, I take pride in that. And so to be recognized, I mean, I, I didn't see it coming. And then at the national convention, which was virtual, the day of, I literally, the, of the convention, I started off at a couple soccer games. Kennedy Claire had a soccer game, Brennan had a soccer game, so I was on the soccer field. So because you could, we had to wear our scarves. <laughs> we had to wear our beautiful, you know, our beautiful scarves. So I had my scarf on and my, you know, I was dressed and I'm on the soccer field. <laughs> but I was in proper attire. Yeah. And so I'm holding my phone up because I'm having to zoom in. And so, so that was, we started there. And then we had... Hold on, there was another event that we had to go to, so I'm doing that. I mean, this is as the day is going on. And then we're headed to, uh, I think we're headed to our, our third and final event. And we're in the car. And my husband's driving, and I'm in the passenger seat, and the kids are in the back. Like, priceless. So, this is the moment where they are going to announce the National Mother of the Year. Now, we're driving and my camera's off and, you know, because I'm in the car and I'm, I'm, I'm just listening intently on everything and I'm seeing all these different things going on because this is how I've been. I mean, the content was amazing. It's these different moms talking about their stories and what they've done. And you just say there's so many things we talk about, you know, and, and resources that that American Mothers provides. And oh, my goodness. They're about to make the announcement and it says host is asking you to turn on your camera or turn it off mute or something. There's a notification. I can't remember what the notification was. It was a notification. Host is asking you to do something. And I was like, what? why are they asking me to do that? Like, why are they asking me to, you know, unmute or turn on my camera? I forgot it was whatever the notification was. And I did it. And they announced my name. And I was like, what? Like, I'm literally sitting here like, what? All these amazing mothers, because every mother is mother of the year. Every mama out there, okay? Let's just say that every mom out there is mother of the year because our work never ends. It is nonstop. So we're all mothers of the year, okay? And when they do that, they make the announcement, I'm in the car, headed to an event with the whole family. And so I say, I think dad or mom, somebody says, kids, mom's been named mother of the year. And they don't even care. They're like, what? cheering and I'm thinking they don't even, like they're so excited they're like you know clapping for me it was priceless and they the, the ladies have talked about that like how how neat is it that you're named national mother of the year while in the car going to a kids event yeah. or you know whatever it is we were going to something as a family and the kids were all there and their different gear so it was it was so precious but yes to that is a very, very special recognition that I hold so dear because I love my children with everything in me. And it's only something that's ever going to be replicated if you Zoom another conference, right? You're never going to have that again. Ever. Everyone's going to be in person now. Ever. And you're never going to bring all the kids and the family out on stage that's to give you, exactly like, right. dressed in their ever. best, right? Like, it's, ever. it's never going to happen. It's such a raw experience. It was funny because I was on the soccer field with my scarf and these kids and people were that's just awesome. like, hey, I'm... I'm in the middle of something right now. <laughs> uh, 
so I mean to that point then obviously like three kids very involved off you know they're they're in as much things as you were as a kid growing up like the soccer and they're doing their thing well you're trying to do your best <laughs> no we're doing our best because we believe in being present yeah. so 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 dad and I we are very much we're at the school for the events we are making sure that we are present at the games because they they need to see it they need to see us there and I remember sadly what it was like not having that presence you know um so we make sure that we're present and we tell ourselves we have to invest in our children and we have to do it ourselves because I, I don't want to be that person to where I'm I'm giving of myself in every other way possible to the community to the state to our students but I'm not doing that for my own children so that is very much important that I am present that my husband and I are very much present in their lives so they're not involved in as many things as I was in but of course they're still young you know yeah. seven nine and thirteen they're still young and so they are involved in different things and they're coming into their own so you know they have their own activities and so we let them choose the activities that they want to do but you know we do have to kind of say okay we're not going to do like 10 things each like that's impossible <laughs> is uh i mean other than obviously the work side of things being busy and the kids keeping you busy what do you do for fun do you have time do you like what you I mean do you read are you into movie shows like what what is like downtime for you and uh you and Bernard there's not a whole lot of downtime in this in this current space just because the the kids are young and still need things and um work is you know there are things that um happen throughout the day and sometimes in the evening and so that's that's very much at the forefront. But I will say, um, just spending time with the family, being able to do things um, as a family unit, whether that's travel or, you know, go and do things, uh, entertainment um, with the family and, and really taking them to do things, which is so much fun uh, for the kids. They, they get to kind of help drive that. We like to see them smile and again, it brings me a lot of pride knowing that their lives look so different than than my life looked at their ages but again I count it all joy it's great you know I we're building a legacy for them and we're hopefully setting an example for those that we serve it's special serving our students here at OCCC it's special serving our students and being an example and just really being an advocate for them we have a dynamic team here our governance, top-notch, unparalleled, their talent and their skills and their involvement and um, appreciation for higher education. Our regents, second to none, just, just incredible. And then our faculty and staff, same. They are so devoted and dedicated to our students. They give their all so that our students can have opportunities. And they work nonstop to ensure that they're providing the highest level, the highest quality of education to them and the, and the, and the best experiences that are going to help them on their journeys, on their, on their respective journeys. So having a campus community where you're supported, 
means the world and it ensures that the mission moves forward. And what's so special again is that we're 50 years celebrating 50 years um, of, of creating excellence, um, not only locally or regionally, nationally, but even internationally. We have international students who come here, you know, for the educational opportunities that they, they can receive because they know that they're going to be supported and that this community is going to welcome them in and help them get what they need to, you know, be successful in their journey. Yeah. I mean, I've just absolutely enjoyed the last 55 minutes of this because now I feel extremely <laughs> inspired. I want to run through a wall. <laughs> like, I just... So it, kind. I mean, it's... It, it is, and you get this all the time when you share your story. Like, it's incredible. But, you know, if... If that CEO back in the day in California had not have opened those doors for you, you might be an anchor, a news anchor somewhere. It's true. Right? And you it's true. And you never would have come home and you yeah. never would have had that impact. And yeah, it's true. Bernard had passed the bar in California or whatever it is. You could, you know, there's, there's the beauty thing, the beautiful mm -hmm. thing about life and how we look back and, you know, all of the things you've done and you've got a lot of things to go. You know, it, it's... It's incredible. So I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your incredibly busy day to sit with us. Oh, I'm thrilled to uh, do it. I'm glad we could make some time for it. And um, for people listening, how can they, I mean, reach out? How can they, do we have a, a presence office email that they can reach Absolutely. out to? If they listen and they feel inspired, they're called or they oh, might have been is, one of your students. That, that is so kind out. for sure. And we would certainly welcome hearing from them and, and partnering and just having them come and be introduced to the OCCC, you know, mission, student success, community enrichment. It's, it's that simple. But my email address is president at OCCC.edu. Our um, website, OCCC.edu. And um, again, I just, I appreciate you all. I appreciate the opportunity. And I just really want to thank certainly, um, you know, all those who've really walked alongside me, my, my grandmother, who's been tremendous, my husband, who is my co-pilot, um, the, the, the many mentors, friends, family, um, leaders who've invested in me. You never get to this spot by yourself. People have believed in you and have invested in you and have walked alongside you, and that's important for me to share. I'm not here by my own or on my own. I'm here because people have walked alongside me and have believed in me, my children who inspire me, the students at OCCC who inspire me, and the governance, my board of regents who made this pot, this opportunity possible. So I just thank you all. Thank you for, for doing um, these types of, of, of stories and, 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 and thank you for this podcast because preserving that history is so key. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for people listening, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and finally our third sponsor for today the oklahoma 988 mental health lifeline 988 is the direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with the trained behavioral health professionals that can get all oklahomans the help that they need learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com it's 988oklahoma.com. Thank you for listening.
Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.